Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Good morning. Good morning. Wow, what a morning. Um, we want to congratulate all the baptism candidates this morning and thank you for your testimony. They were amazing. And let me add my welcome to everyone. Hey, children, where are you? Can I hear children this morning? You are there. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know and not making you know, this situation awkward. Thank you for that. Uh, guess what? You're going back to school this week. Yeah. Yes, I've been praying, Lord, let the school recommence. It's going to be amazing. Yes, I know I have the support of the parents. You've done well. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Easy, and the team, the worship team, the volunteers. I know there's a sausage sizzle uh, that's happened after the service as cafes open as well. Um, stick around after the service. Enjoy a time of fellowship and come and say hello to Netta and everyone who was baptised this morning. Wow. Now, I don't know about you, but what a series it's been, Kingdom Harvest. And uh, I have the privilege this morning to... Uh, not only close this series, but with the baptisms, but with a sermon title, Preparing the Way. And when I think about Kingdom Harvest, I think of the restoration of the Kingdom of God. The restoration of the Kingdom of God. And two things immediately pop into my mind. Firstly, salvation. As we have heard and witnessed today, the lost being found, the coming home of the prodigal, as Dan preached last week, that there is great joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents and comes home to their rightful relationship with the Father. There's a great celebration in the throne room of God. And secondly, there's personal growth that there is growth of our faith in Jesus as we become more and more like him. That our little faith, that our little faith will grow, molding and shaping us into the person, more and more like the person of Jesus Christ. Now, if you have missed any of the sermons in this series, I, pray, I, I want to encourage you that you go home and watch it on YouTube because they really build on one another. They really do. And I hope that today, Lord willing, what I hope to do is to summarise the series in light of salvation and personal growth in Jesus Christ. Right? Salvation and personal Jesus, personal growth in Jesus Christ. And that will hopefully help us in preparing the way for the return of the King. All right, the return of the King. So let's begin. As we saw on the clip today, the text is the narrative of John the Baptist. It can be found in Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. I'm not going to read that today, but if you have your Bibles, if you have your apps, uh, maybe they can flick it through. John, thank you, through the screens. You can go through um, the narrative. It's a pretty familiar narrative of John 1 in the wilderness. The promised one, the herald who will announce the coming and preparing the way 
of the king that is to come, the Messiah, which was foretold in Isaiah chapter 40. So let's look at three ways how John the Baptist prepared the way for the coming Messiah and see how this applies to us as we wait for Jesus' return. Firstly, John prepares the way through cleansing. Secondly, he does it in the wilderness. And lastly, he prepares the way by the Spirit of God through cleansing in the wilderness and by the Spirit. So let's dive in. First one, John prepares the way for the Messiah through cleansing. Now we read in verse 4 that John the Baptist came preaching a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. And as it was mentioned in previous sermons in this series, if we have unrepented sin, if we have sins in our lives, we cannot grow. We cannot grow. We cannot possibly think about having a harvest for the kingdom of God when there is sin in the church and in our personal lives. Because unrepented sin causes division between God and us. There is a disconnect. How can we, how can we even think about growing in our faith when there is sin in our lives? There is no way we can grow in and for the kingdom of God, we have to repent of those sins. Now, what John was calling the people of Israel to do was radical. In John's day, people of Jewish descent did not get baptized, but rather they had ceremonial cleansing. They cleansed themselves. They weren't baptized. Baptism was for those who were not of Jewish descent, the Gentiles who decided or chose to live in accordance with the Jewish way of life. They were the ones who were baptized. What we call a proselyte, a person who has decided to turn from one religion or a way of life to another, in this case, to Judaism, a Gentile to Judaism. But what John was calling for goes, goes deeper and further. Not only was he calling the Israelites to a new way of life, but a complete transformation. Not only in their behavior, but in the very nature, as we will see. And this was radical for the Jews, and it was really offensive to the Pharisees. But we read that many, many came to be baptized by him. They were convicted. They were convicted. And scripture says in verse 5, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem, all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized in the river Jordan. Now, it's guesstimated that some 300,000 plus people would have been there. Think about it. 300,000 plus people hearing John confessing of their sins, repenting and being baptized. Now, Pastor Mim started the series with a sermon on the pro, uh, parable of the good soil that how some of the seeds, the word of God, fell on the path, a hardened heart. Some on a rocky place, a shallow heart, and some on the thorns, a crowded heart, and some fell on a good soil, a fruitful heart. 
Now, if you have ears today, hear the word of the Lord. God says, let your hearts not be troubled. For he has overcome the world. And in this truth, let's take our sins to him and repent, confessing our sins to him. Let's repent of the hardened heart, the shallow heart, or the crowded heart, and seek forgiveness that we may have a fruitful heart. As John proclaimed, we prepare for the kingdom harvest by cleansing our heart, our soul, our mind, that salvation and growth in Jesus begins through repentance and forgiveness of our sins. That's how it commences, in repentance. Secondly, preparing the way happens in the wilderness. Verse 4 says, And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, John the Baptist was in the wilderness. In fact, he was in the valley of the river Jordan. Two important points we learn from this. Firstly, it is symbolic and a reminder to the people of Israel and to us of the Exodus. How God delivered them from the oppression of the Egyptians, leading them into and through the wilderness, wait for it, crossing over which river? The Jordan River. The Jordan River. Into the promised land led by Joshua. John's calling of the people out of the towns, their homes, to the Jordan Valley was intentional. Right? God doesn't do things for the sake of doing things. It was intentional to remind them of the deliverance, how God carried them through the desert and led them into the promised land. Now, Rob Raymer says this of Solke. You've seen him on the clip just then. He says this, that God is really smart. God is really smart. Who agrees with that? I agree with that. God is really smart, very smart, much more smarter than I am, right? And God through John is not only saying, but showing that deliverance and salvation is coming, reminding them of the exodus and the wilderness journey, that the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one is coming, and they will be delivered from the oppression, taken from where they are, taken into the promised land, through the wilderness to dwell there to go to the place of a land flowing with milk and honey but as we know it is not what they had expected of the coming king but through the suffering king all of humanity is delivered from the spiritual oppression of sin and death amen to that and Jesus had led his people from death to life Secondly, the wilderness in the Bible is a rugged, it's a tough, unwelcoming, a desolate, lonely place. But it is more than just a geographical place. It is a place of suffering. It is a place of temptations and testing and trials. But most importantly, and hear me, most importantly, it is the place where the children of God meet God. The wilderness is the place 
where the children of God actually meet God. A place where we can find him. If we seek him in the wilderness, we will find him. As you know, God loves to disrupt our lives. He absolutely loves to disrupt our lives. And he has given us countless examples of people in Scripture whose lives were disrupted and was led by God directly or indirectly into the wilderness, literally or situationally, where God took them out of their comfort zone, took them out of their comfort zone, out of their homes, out of their familiar settings and led them into the wilderness. And they wrestled with God. They wrestle with God as they found God. They come to know him personally and intimately. It happened in the wilderness. Let me throw some names in you. Abraham, Joseph, Isaac, Moses, David, Esther, Ruth. list goes on. What about Jesus himself? Paul, Peter. And it doesn't stop there. It goes on. We know many in history of the church who, who in their wilderness season, they met God and was convicted by him to step out in faith, to leave the security and comfort of their home behind them and trust in God and to step out. Wasn't Mother Teresa 16 when she stepped out in faith and went to India? to trust in him where God was revealed in their time of suffering, their trials, their temptations, so that they grew and matured in their faith. And it is the same for us today. There's no different. It is the same for us today. I know there are many who are sitting in front of me who've had many wilderness experiences, stories of their lives, where they met God and where they journey with God. You know, when we have time of fellowship outside, I want to encourage you, share your stories like we heard today. Everyone has a story and everyone's story is unique, but it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And we need to hear it, we need to share it for generations to come. Isn't that what's recorded in here? So that we can know how good God is. He is so good. So good. Question I want to ask you. In your wilderness season, will you seek God? Will you find him? Because I know there are some of you in that season right now. And then there will be some of us who will find ourselves in the wilderness, down the track. Will you grow and mature in your faith or will you look to yourself or seek something else? You know, my prayer for you and me this year is that we will have many seasons in the wilderness. That, we, that God will take us into the wilderness. That it will be a time where we will seek and find God and grow. 
and grow in our faith. Church, I want to encourage us all to let's get out of our comfort zones. Enough with the comfortable. Let God interrupt our lives. Let's trust him. Is he calling you to love, to serve, or to forgive? Is he calling you to be bold about your faith at work or at school or in, the, in your homes? Let's trust him. Let's trust him in our sickness, in our grief, during trials and temptations. Whenever God calls us out for something new, let's trust him. You know, you look at that screen, Aussie Outback is beautiful, right? I had to throw that slide in because of the Aussie theme. But Aussie Outback is beautiful. And when you look at the ground, when you look at the ground, all you see and what you can see is desolation. But when you look up, when you be still, when you pause and when you look up, you see God's beauty in the wilderness. There's God's beauty in the wilderness. And I pray that all of us, whenever we meet our season in the wilderness, that we'll just look up and look to God and see him in the midst of our trials, temptations, whatever it is. I pray that we will do that. And may our wilderness time, as Isaiah 61.2 says, be a time where we receive a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, that we will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor in our wilderness. In our wilderness. That we would, that the world would see the splendor of the Lord in us, even in our wilderness times, as we prepare his return. And lastly, John prepares the way by proclaiming that one who is to come will baptize with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God himself. Now, it's not just a decision on our behalf of turning, converting our way away from our old way of living, but a complete transformation of our lives, dying to the self and living in the spirit, as Paul says in Galatians chapter 2. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He gave himself for us. Now, when does the true kingdom harvest come? When does it come? Well, it comes in death. Let me unpack. The kingdom harvest came as Jesus hung on that rugged cross. The punishment that he took on our behalf brought us peace with God. As Jesus shed his blood as he was pierced for our transgressions, our sins, for every offense that we committed against God, he shed his blood and we were forgiven. 
And as Jesus breathed his last, as he was crushed for our iniquities, our self-centeredness, our immoral living, the temple curtain was torn in two. And he paved the way for humanity to once again dwell with God and be in beautiful relationship with him. For only in death, for only in death is there a resurrection. That whoever repents and believes in him will receive forgiveness of their sins and have eternal life. And it is in this resurrection power that we live each day. We are called to die each day, to live in the power of the resurrection every day, to be baptized every day, to die to self and to rise again in the power of the resurrection, in the Holy Spirit. In the power of the Spirit, we rise each day. Now, we get baptized and once we go, oh, that's done and dusted, baptized. No, God calls us, Jesus calls us to die to be baptized every day in the Spirit. And we prepare for the kingdom harvest by the Spirit of God as we prepare for the return of Jesus by the Spirit that dwells in us. By the Spirit that dwells in us. Now in closing, let me summarize the series and sermon this way. John prepared the way for the coming Messiah by calling all to repent and turn from their sinful life, to be transformed from the old way of thinking and living, taking them out into the wilderness, out of the comforts of their home. John bid them to die and be expectant of the one who will empower them with the Spirit of God to live. Now, this has taken place. This has taken place. And today, we wait for the return of the triumphant king. Do we not? Do we not wait for the return of the king? And he will come, not as a babe, but he will come in power, in glory, and in majesty, rightfully due to him. But how are we preparing the way for the triumphant king to return? How are we, church? How are we preparing the way? How are we preparing the way for the kingdom harvest? What does our life say about the returning king and the harvest that is to come? What does our life say? Now, Pastor Jonathan in his sermon asked the question, is your life marked by Christ's love? Because great, growing faith is attractive. Growing faith is attractive. Is our life attractive to those around us? Is your life, is my life attractive to those around us? To be attractive to those around us, let's begin by loving God. Loving God with all our heart, with our, all our soul and all our mind. And you know the rest. Let's love our neighbor. As God has called us to love ourselves, let's love our neighbors. And as we repent of our sins and rejoice in our wilderness and live in the resurrection power of the Spirit, this is where 
I believe it can begin as we prepare the way for the returning king. And so let's conclude with these words of Paul from Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our suffering. We also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into the hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Church, I want to invite you just to spend a moment to repent of the sins in our lives. Let's take a moment to do that. Whether known or unknown, whether willingly committed or not, let's, let's just repent of our sins. Let's take a moment to do that. Loving Father, we thank you for your Son. Jesus, we thank you that you came to save the lost, that you died on the cross and was resurrected to life. And it is in this death and resurrection that we have life. Lord, take us into the wilderness and help us to seek you, to search for you and to find you. Help us to press deeper into your unfailing, limitless love that we may prepare the way for your return. Lord, in our wilderness, help us not to see ourselves, but help help us change our minds, our hearts, and help us to see your glory. Help us to glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering, as we have read, produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. It does not fail us because your love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And he dwells in us. And we live each day in the resurrection power of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and minister to those, to all of us, Lord, to all of us, not only ones in the wilderness, but to all of us. 
And we pray in the name above all names. In Jesus' name, our risen Lord, we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.